I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey. Monica. O'Hanlon Production. I believe that we come back many, many, many times, some more than others, depending on our soul crystal and our purpose and whether we oversee humanity more so than actually coming into it. Hello, welcome to another episode of Dying with Mon. I'm stoked to have you with me as we explore what death means to people from different religions and movements. Today's guest is a tricky one to put into just one box. Her name's Tracy Rhodes and she's a clairvoyant and a spiritual healer among other things. We actually met at the Umundi Markets last year and the way she spoke about death was so beautiful, I wanted to hear more. Tracy actually introduced me to the White Eagle Lodge, which I did an episode on earlier in the series. If you want to check it out, I speak with Gay Robinson and explore what their community is all about. Now, the day Trace and I set up this interview, like the rest of them, it was all online and we had terrible weather. So in some parts, the audio quality isn't great, but bear with us, this episode is definitely worth it. Tracy has this amazing energy. She just radiates warmth and was so open. It really was an awesome experience. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I did making it. Here's Tracy. I think to kick things off, I would like to hear in your words, and I know this is gonna be really tough, but what would you say your occupation is? Could, could I say clairvoyant? Look, there's so many things because we've all got our, we've got intuition within us and the more that we sit within ourselves and open to our own inner knowing, there's no labels for anything. We're just everything and everyone. So, yes, I'm a clairvoyant. I read. I do card readings, but it's not just card readings. I take you to the point in time where you actually created the situation whether it is in this lifetime or previous lifetime, and we get to that point and we hold and open whatever it is that we've held on to that needs to just be unraveled so that we can clear anything from past lives, anything to do with family, anything with friends at the moment, and then it, we allow ourselves just to create a new timeline. Well, it's actually not even a new timeline. What it does is it just allows what's been blocking the flow of the timeline since the beginning of time that we were born prior to any incarnation on earth and it just allows everything to flow so that we allow everything that we have ever been to come through without any negative or positive. It's just us knowing us at the deepest level of our heart, of our mind, of our soul and our being. But also sound healing, so I use my voice for sound and instruments, uh, musical instruments from crystal singing bowls to flutes, a whole heap of different instruments for a sound bath. And I use them and selenite swords, and I use all of this in the readings. So it's actually a journey within to, to really open to who you are because we're a healer. We, are, we hold our own wisdom. The only thing that's stopping us is us. 
And when it's moved and it's released and it's accepted the shadow and the light, we're free to be who we came to be. Yeah, wow. How did you discover all of this? You know, you've obviously got this gift, but was it something you were always aware of or...? Look, my grandmother used to see spirit. I've always seen them and felt them as well as a child. Originally, my father played rugby league for Australia. And when he finished playing football um, in those days, we got a hotel. So we moved north to Yapoon. And I can remember um, one of the ladies that was in the in the bar, I was helping to pick up uh, the plates. And I could see this lady and she was sitting there and she was hunched over and she was really distressed. So I caught, stopped down, sat beside her and said, what's wrong? And I was 12. She was in her 30s and she said that she'd just broken up with a partner and that she didn't know what to do and she was just distraught. And I could see as clearly as day that as soon as she let go of whatever this was in her mind, that there was somebody else that was so much more in line with her that was just really, really pure of heart and was they were going to have two children together. So I told her because I could see it. I just knew it. And with that, I found out that that was what happened. So there you go. How did she How did she respond, a 12-year-old coming up to her and telling her that she could see this in her future? It's all she needed. She just needed to hear someone say it was going to be okay. She knew deep down, but she was so caught up in the pain that she was feeling because she didn't get what she wanted at the time. But when she allowed herself to think that there was something else that was coming and that could she could open to something else and that, that she wasn't going to be consumed in her in her fear and her darkness, in her shadow, in her losing of her will, more to the point. I think she always knew that it wasn't right, but she wanted it so much that she invested everything she had into that relationship and lost herself. And I find that's a, that's what a lot of clients come to me for as well. I do ceremonies, so full moon ceremonies that I used to do around the fire. Now I do them online because it's so much easier to, to get to so many more people. And um, I love doing ceremonies. I do relationship-freeing ceremonies, teenage children walking back to self so that they can complete because all ancient civilizations we used to um, we used to have different parts and different initiations throughout our lifetime. And these have gone by the wayside. And I think it's really important for 15, 16-year-olds to actually have some form of feminine initiation where they are told that it's okay to step from the child or to step into the young woman, to allow yourself to not get caught up in the anger of not being able to do what you want to do, being stuck between two worlds. And so the ceremony is to help them step into the next stage. I also do um, crone ceremonies, so going from the mother role into the wise woman, the crone, matriarch. It sounds like you... And if I'm wrong, just let me know. But it sounds like you incorporate a lot of different things into your healings. Yeah. So it just depends on whatever happens with each client. We journey in, in past life, present life, cellular stuff with the sound, the light language. It opens up whatever needs to be opened up. It just allows us all to just drop into our hearts and allow us to feel the light and the shadow within so that we're free. 
work with the Akashic Records, so and the Akashic Records itself. So yeah, there's there's lots of stuff in a session. Could I say then? So, so I'm interviewing people from different religions and different movements. Could I describe you as spiritual? You could. I have been, apart from the beginning as a child, seeing spirit, just hearing messages, telling people things, seeing children before they're born, people before they die, people after they die. I also have been taught by the White Eagle Lodge and it's a beautiful place at Witter in Mullaney. I've been going there since 1997 and that to me is my spiritual foundation. It is a circular temple. It is white in form. It's in the hinterland. It has 12 pillars around the temple, like the 12 astrological signs. In the centre is the perspex dome with the six-pointed star and the rose. And it's just such a pure, divine, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. And we've been sending forth the light every single, well, every day, but every Monday in a closed service. We also have Sunday services where we do meditations and different things, um, talks and readings. But the Sunday closed service is to hold the governments, the animal kingdom, humanity, um, different countries, different things in the light so that each person has the opportunity to step into their own light it's not even step into it it's just remember it because it's always there we've always had the same amount of light within us it's just us remembering and allowing us to just with our heart opening to unfold it and see it and feel it and know it and trust it so we've always been born with the amount of light that we're we're going to die with it's just allowing ourselves to feel it and know it and trust it wow speaking of death the main event of this podcast when we met at the markets, you shared this story about someone you knew and the kind of process they went through after they passed away. Are you happy to talk a bit about that? Sure. I've seen really clearly two different lifetime, uh, two different people's death. One who took his own life through an addiction, uh, through a drug overdose. That was a very different experience to the one that I saw who had passed at 41 from a heart attack. So there were two very, very different experiences. The first one was in the 90s. This one was 2000-something. Um, we'll lose track of the time. Uh, but this one, I'd found out that he'd passed not long after he'd passed. He was the next partner. And so I just sat down just to see that everything was okay. And as I started to breathe, I could see him laying on a bed. And it was just like, like a hospital bed. But it was in its own space. So it wasn't in a hospital ward, but it was in the void. It was on its in its own space, but it was also connected with everybody else who was preparing their next stages at, in that vibration, so to speak. And he was laying there. There were all these beings that were around him and they were just standing over him, just, just hearts completely wide open in silence, just holding space for him to bring all of himself back so that he was whole and in this one place. He was completely flat, passed out, well, dead. Then the next day 
when I checked in. He was sitting up but hunched over. And he was like weak and had been like like he was sick. He was just hunched over. There were less beings around him, but he was still he was still he was still not quite whole and complete. And then on the third day, he was standing there looking at this screen. And as I said to you, before incarnation, we sit in front of a screen and we say, I'm going to choose these parents, these siblings, these relationships, this soul lesson, and this specific soul lesson and learning. And each person comes into our life and does exactly what we need them to be and do for us to learn the lesson we chose. The same thing happens when we pass. We sit in front of that same screen and we look at it and we assess and go through our life and say, okay, I've done this. I'm going to forgive myself for things that I haven't quite done properly. We're human. We do. Or, okay, I'm going to make myself suffer and I'm going to keep myself somewhere where I don't particularly need to be, but I'm going to choose to be there. And as he was looking at this, I could see his face was just really distraught. And I've looked at him and I said, hi, Matthew, how are you? And he's gone, oh, look, I'm so sorry. And I said, don't worry. You did the best you can. It's all good. And with that, he just smiled and just left. And he went to where he needed to go. So that was it. So in the first day, and one thing I also mentioned was when we pass, we're actually well-versed in passing. We just don't realise we are. So it's not a scary thing at all. We pass every night when we go to sleep. The only thing that's different is the silver cord isn't cut. And those angels and those beings that are there that are enveloping us and wrapping us in divine mother love because it is divine mother love because we are being birthed reborn in another way aren't there when we go to sleep except some are but it's not that same encompassing love and devotion and support and nurturing and if you've ever been in a room when someone's passed it is the most beautiful 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 gift i was there when my grandfather passed and the stillness and believe it or not it was October the 31st so it was Halloween so that made it even more tangible <laughs> and I do remember that date that was 90, 1995 and um, he was it was it's the most pure loving heart opening divine mother peace and even when they take their last breath there is this peace and this release that is just so gentle and so kind and beautiful i just i love the way you speak about death (laughs) one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I remember when we met and um, we had a bit of a chat about it. And as we were walking away, I said to my partner, I felt a bit more at ease about it all. I don't know. It's just a really beautiful way to to look at it. It is. You just spoke about the the process of what happens um, initially when you die. What about? Do you believe in an actual afterlife? I do. I um. How I see it is, only a small 
aspect of ourselves comes to earth to learn that specific soul lesson. Uh, we are way more than we could possibly even comprehend. And even putting it into words just isn't isn't possible. But for some reason I need to say this. So when we pass, we go back to this whole wholeness that we are and we're overseeing those that we love and when there's love, there is no separation which is why people feel their family members who have passed around them, why people see them, why people talk to them and hear back from them because when there's love, there is no separation. No matter which realm we're in, we're always there and just one call out enables that to reconnect. Um, I've seen many, 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 many past lives way before I even decided I wanted to delve into them and I don't delve into them. They just come up when they come up. So anyone we've met when we meet, and especially people that we spend time with and, and are close to or have tested us, there's usually some connection with them somewhere. And I remember we were master franchisors for Quick Fit Tie Service in Victoria um, in 2000 and 2001. And all the people that we'd worked with down there, because we moved from up here down to there, and all the people we worked with, I could see were from a couple of different lifetimes, but one in specific was South America with one particular guy. And the things that we went through, there was correlation. So, oh, and one with my father. Um, we're just contemplating whether to move to Melbourne or not. And um, I felt we were at this coffee shop at St Kilda. I felt this amazing pain in my spleen. And I've gone, oh, gosh, I've got to go to the hospital. And I go, doctors, nothing. Don't do it very often. Don't need it. And I thought, this is excruciating. Something's really not right here. And so I said to my partner, I said, hun, you need to take me to the hospital. And he's gone, okay, well, let's go. And then we've got to almost back to where we were staying. I said, no, no, I just want to go upstairs for a little while. And as soon as I laid down, I could see myself in a in a church in France and all of a sudden the Catholics came in to come and, and take over the church and to kill everybody and I saw that my father was at the head of it and he's gone, kill them all and so I've been stabbed in the spleen I'm laying on the ground, I'm still alive but I'm pretending I'm dead and they'd gone over, checked everyone to make sure they were dead. And then after that, everyone went underground into the sewers and healed and fixed, got fixed there for a period of time before it was safe to come back out. And I, I remember that one really clearly. There's, there's a lot that I remember clearly. But they come up when we meet the people or when there's when a specific energy or vibration that needs to be addressed. When we work through whatever we're doing with our own lives, different things come up. And if you just take the time to breathe, sit with what you're feeling, it's really easy to see what it is and this connection has been with the person that you're with. I believe that we come back many, many, many times, some more than others, depending on our soul crystal and our purpose and whether we 
um, oversee humanity more so than actually coming into it. I know I'm a gateway crystal, so I take people from one realm, one dimension to another, depending on what needs to be done. Yeah, right. Can we quickly go back to that beautiful, I guess almost a chant before? What, what exactly was that? It was light language. So it's language of the soul. And physical human words don't cut what we need to say but when you say from your heart the language of the soul and each person's soul language is different um, and each day whatever there is to say is different it just opens us to the feeling aspect of humanity the feeling aspect of ourselves the words that's a mental aspect the light language is a feeling aspect and as you know, going from the, um, the Piscean age to the Aquarian age, it's all about sisterhood, brotherhood, unity, oneness, feeling. We went in the Aquarian age way too far into the mental realm. Now all those, all the beautiful star children are bringing us back to feeling, being. So, yeah, light language is beautiful. And did that just come to you in the moment or can you bring it out whenever you like? Whenever I like. That was what needed to come then. Right now we need. <laughs> that was a fun one. I liked that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. I love that. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Can we talk a little bit about um, funeral customs and ceremonies? Do you follow a certain thing when people pass away or what's your view on that? Oh, look, I really think, and there's people that are doing it now, it's really important for us to go back to the old way of ceremonies, funerals, um, instead of being ripped, ripped out and taken into a morgue, into a cold room where we're on our own, I think it's really important for both the family members and the person that's passed to stay where they are. And this is not everybody can do this, and I understand that totally, wholly and solely. But to have them, and you can get and I'm not even sure where. There's a place in Mulaney that's doing it. There's a group in Mulaney that's actually doing it at the moment. What they do is they bring a particular bed in so that the body can stay there. Uh, the family members, they wash the body. The kids are around, the family are around, they're telling stories, they're laughing, there's, it's a joyous thing. They're all reminiscing about how um, what had happened. They're all crying, they're grieving, they're actually all doing what they need to do at that time instead of the body going them going home on their own, sitting there staring at a wall. This gives them the, the, the opportunity and the space to sit there, to look at the body, which is actually beautiful when you pass. You don't look any different, just, just a bit emptier. And so that joyful celebration, that connection to family, that connection to loving, still loving that person, that soul, that being, knowing that as they're drawing themselves back, into themselves we're here as one united group just helping them on their way and to me that really 
helps to stop the separation of death and the fear that it is final because that body's still there. For myself, I've chosen cremation. I would like cremation and to be scattered into the ocean, which will be, for me, that's that's the right thing for me to do. And I've got to admit, like a lot of people say fire, but to me fire, once you're burnt, and if you look at the Hindu traditions, they burn all their bodies. And the reason being is that there's actually nothing left. The, what we've done in incarnation and especially any sacred sites. If you go to any sacred site, you walk into there and you can feel the purity of the work that was done, or the not pure, um, the whatever, satanic, whatever it is, you can feel it wherever you go. That is still here. So, you know, when you go into a home and you walk into a place and you go, oh, this feels really nice, or you go, oh, something yucky's happened here. If it's a happy home, you feel it. Mm-hmm. If you feel it. Well, we leave the etheric vibration and anything we've done on the earth, it stays here. I think the body needs to go completely so that the soul is completely free as opposed to leaving something in the earth, the bones in the earth, just for me. That's how I mm-hmm. what I would like to do is to have it this complete lifetime completely completed. And I, I feel like I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you afraid of dying? <laughs> No, not at all. And mind you, it's not something I particularly want to do just yet. I know I've got more stuff to do, but I can remember, oh, must have been mid-2000s, driving back from Mullaney because I used to live in Brisbane and every Monday I'd drive up to Mullaney and then for the for our specific post service and then I'd drive back. And this one time it was pouring with rain and I thought, I can't see in front of me. I can't see anything from the mist. I don't know which side of the road I'm on. I've just gone, okay, if it's my time, take me. I, I, I surrender. I do not know what to do. And with that, the rain started to subside and I could see. So, and I know I've done that a few times. I've just gone, okay, if it's time, it's time. I just, I let go. And really that's all we're being asked to do. Whenever we're tested with something, surrender to it, accept it, and then you move through it and something new presents that's really good. So, no, I don't fear dying. <laughs> uh, do you have any tips for people that do, <laughs> like myself? Yes, sure. Well, just remember you do it every night when you go to sleep and you come back in the morning and you're fine. The only difference is that when you die, the silver cord's cut and you wake up in a different dimension. That's it. Not only do you wake up in a different dimension, you actually wake up feeling whole and complete. Nothing's missing when you pass. Mind you, this comes back to this, and I don't know if we've got time, but remember I was saying how the other person that I saw had committed, um, had OD'd? With his passing, this was different. This was like early 90s, and I hadn't done as much work as I'd, I'd done now, surprisingly. And... I laid down on my massage table because I was massaging at that stage and I said, okay, God, universe, divine, whatever, use me as an instrument. I know he's lost. Show me the way. If there's anything that I'm to do, please use me. And I heard this voice really, really clearly. It was a male voice and I felt it was the Christ energy that 
pure, the third aspect, not the father, not the mother, but that child aspect, but one who is all pure, all knowing, all loving. And I hear I'm trying to get to this place and he's going, no, stop, wait, be still, breathe. And so I just sat there and I breathed. And then I was told at a particular time, I have no idea how much time later, okay, now it is time to go. And I'd find myself rising and then I was told, stop, again, wait. And I would sit there and then it was time, okay, go. And then all of a sudden I could see him and he was standing on a spot on like one, it was like, you know, a circle, but it was a dark circle and he was standing on this spot and he went to take a step in one direction but his other leg was on that spot and then he put his feet back together on the spot and then he go to take a step in the other direction. One foot was still on that spot. It was like he was stuck in a point in time and he had came back to that spot and he saw me and he's gone, Trace, great, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home. I said, you can't go home. You've done the ultimate, you died and you've got to go to where you've got to go. And he says, oh, no, I want to go home. No, you've got to go. And with that, it was really interesting. I could see my grandfather coming to me. I thought, I wonder what he's doing here because he had passed. And beside him was his sister. I thought, that's even stranger. What's Shell doing here? And they were walking towards me. And Scott's looked up and he's seen them. And he's gone, oh, hi, Shell. And I realised that my grandfather's sister's granddaughter went to school with him. So he knew my grandfather's sister. I knew my grandfather. He knew Shell. So they were both there for both of us to connect to so that I could help him to move to where he needed to go. And so we had a little bit of a chat and then I said, go on, go with Gramsci and Shell. And off, off he went and he kept looking back, but he went. And with that, there were thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of other beings who just went as that gateway, as that portal was open. And I could just see all these just dark, dark, well, not dark, but they were just beings because they had a, a shape to them, just going and going and, and going through that open portal. So it wasn't just him that went. There were thousands and thousands of beings who had gone through the same thing or a similar thing who were stuck in that same energy that was open. So to get back to your question, because I do go off because it gives me more, more memories, just know that you are loved no matter where you are, in no matter what realm and what dimension that you are never, ever, ever alone. You have a guide, a guardian, and so many other beings that stand around you. You know, when you go to walk in front of a car and something makes you stop and look up, or you go to run into a car and something makes you stop, you're being looked after all the time. What makes you think it's going to change when you pass? It's not. You've always got the love, the support, and the guidance with you. And it's just a changing of an overcoat that, like it's taking off our clothes and just putting on another one. But this one is what we've been aspiring to. It's illumination. It's ascension. It's divine. It's everything that we're trying to get here on earth. We actually just go to it. And the first thing you see, and so many, I've seen so many lifetimes where I've been killed or passed or whatever, and the first thing you see is the light. It's what we aspire to. For some reason, I'm going to share this. I was in my early 20s, and I had pneumonia and pleurisy. And I spent a whole week in hospital. And for most of that week, I was in and out of consciousness and just 
no idea of where I was or what was going on. And this one particular day, I remember getting standing in the space and it was just all black. It was so encompassing. It felt all loving, all wise, all gentle, all pure, but it was black. And in those days, to me, black and void was scary, but it wasn't scary. It was so, so beautiful and divine. And I remember hearing myself say, okay, I'll go back and do what I came to do. And honestly, within uh, 36 hours, I was out of hospital and I was on the mend and pretty well well. It took me quite a few more years before I started really doing what I was supposed to do. I mean, I was a kid, so I was still being a kid. But just that in itself helps me to know that when you do pass, because I reckon I got to as far as I could have before actually going, I know that it is so beautiful. It is so encompassing, so loving and so nurturing that there is nothing to fear. Trust that you will always be supported and that life will always have your back, no matter where you are, whether you are alive or whether you are dead. Thank you so much for sharing, Trace. And I know that you're flat out, so I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sticking around until the end. Tracy's willingness to share was just incredible. I got a lot out of this one and I hope you did too. If you want to get in touch with Tracy or read more about what services she offers, I've put all the info in the show notes. Now, if you have enjoyed this series so far, a rating and a review wherever you listened would be much appreciated. As I've said before, I'm an independent creator and all these little things help me share my work. Now, I can't believe I'm saying this, but next week will be the final episode for series one. And I've got to say, we are going out with a bang. But you'll have to wait until next week to find out who I'm speaking with. Until then, have an awesome week. I'm Monica O'Hanlon, and that was Dying With Mon. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.